in this episode. It's Temple Part One. What? We're finally talking about that wacky place known as the LDS Temple. <laughs> I don't know. I, is there another way to talk about it? The House of the Lord. The House of <laughs> Holiness to the House of the Lord. Depends on your definition of the Lord, I guess. Yeah. Um, this is going to be long, so I think we're going to split it up. Today, we're going to cover baptism and washings and anointings. Well, I mean, I can kind of figure out what those are. Yeah, but there's creepy words that you say, <laughs> and you cannot figure out what those are. We also have a phone pod and a letter to read. We did. We got all that stuff. Our letter is from a listener named Lynette, and mm-hmm. hers is a story of tragedy to triumph. Mm-hmm. Should we get on it? Let's do it. Be Alrighty. right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Latter-day Lesbian. I don't know. I'm very musical right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out her life. Yep. I'm Mary. I'm Shelly. Okay, so the temple episode. You know, it's right about time we get to the temple episode. Oh, of mm-hmm. like almost two years into this process? It's a complicated thing and it's Is long. It, was it triggery for you or something? Uh, no, temple isn't triggery for me. I guess we should throw out a trigger warning. Maybe it is for some people. Oh, so yeah. we are doing temple. Yeah. Today will be baptisms and washing and anointing. How'd you get all the verbiage? I thought this was all supposed to be um, secret or sorry, sacred, not secret. Well, it, I am breaking the rules. Okay. God is angry <laughs> is he? and Jeez. I'm supposed to actually kill myself right now. Oh. We're going to learn about that. Don't you worry. <laughs> Don't do it. Yeah. I kind of want you around as it turns out. Well, as it turns out, the covenant that I would have made in the temple ceremony back in the day was because I am telling everyone what goes on in there, I would have had to kill myself. Yeah, you, didn't you have to make that like throat slashing Yeah, gesture? we're going to get to that. We're going to okay. get to that. Don't you worry, Mary. <laughs> we're going to get there. Okay, good. <laughs> Scoopy and stupid. <laughs> yeah. I kind of want to do a foom pod first, though. All right, let's do a foom Because the temple pod. thing is going gonna, gonna to be, it's a big chunk. Let's chunk that up. Cue music. It's the fucked up Mormon phrase of the day. Okay, so Shelly, what is today's foom pod? The fucked up Mormon phrase of the day today is mm-hmm. translated being. Yeah, I remember this. this. Or just translation, whatever. Is it the same thing? Mm-hmm. Translation and translated being? I mean, translation is the verb. Okay, yeah, because the being is the thing that's translated. Yes. Is it about the being or is it about the translation? You can't keep asking me questions. <laughs> Let's just go with translated being. <laughs> Okay, so the thing I said before, which was wrong, was that no, they know multiple languages. Get it? Um, but it's got to be something. Ab- Lame joke. Mm-hmm. It's got to be something about once you have some sort of atonement or some sort of process of changing that your old sinful nature is put aside and now you're somehow a new being. You're translated, <laughs> which is a weird way to talk about it. I mean, kind of. Kind of, however, I think you were, you're not giving it the full sacredness and amazingness. Okay, I totally got it. No. What? I'm All not right. giving you full cred. Oh. Because it's be- more than that. Because I didn't use flowery language? Nope. You ready? <laughs> okay, uh, tell me. I'm thinking half buzz. Oh, jeez. Okay. You ready? This, and this is off of actually Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Okay. In the theology of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Translation refers to being physically changed by God from a mortal human being into an immortal human being. Okay, I didn't know that. No, you didn't know that. I told you it was super special. (laughs) (laughs) Super Mm -hmm. special. (laughs) Super fake. Okay, a person that has been translated is referred to as a translated being. Mm -hmm. According to LDS belief, Enoch, Elijah, Moses, John the Apostle, and... The three Nephites. Remember them from last mm-hmm. week? Like real Bible people and then these fake Joseph Smith Bible people. Yes. <laughs> Do you want to hear a bunch of mumbo jumbo? <laughs> Always. Keep up. A translated being is akin to a resurrected person with the exception that a translated being has never died and has a body with less power than a resurrected being. According to Parley P. Pratt, ordinary human beings are said to have a telestial body. Slow down. No, I'm doing this on purpose. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, I can't follow. I know, because it's all... It's all <laughs> 
Are you the micro-machines guy? I am. Let me get back to it. According to Parley P. Pratt, ordinary human beings are said to have a telestial body. People who are translated are said to have a terrestrial body, and people who are resurrected are said to have a celestial body. But all the terms also refer to the three degrees of resurrected being. Did you get that? But wait. There's There's more. more. Those who are translated beings are said to be changed so that they do not experience pain or death until their resurrection to immortality. Both translated and resurrected beings are eternally young and fit. Not subject to illness or injury and spend their existences as ministering angels doing things that require physical bodies to perform. For example, where a disembodied spirit can record events as witnesses and offer comfort or advice, a physical body is required to perform ordinances such as laying on of hands. According to Parley P. Pratt, homeboy was crazy. A translated being has a terrestrial body. The terrestrial body would be different from the terrestrial glory of heaven, just as the present world is considered celestial, but is not the celestial glory of heaven. Translated beings with terrestrial bodies can appear or disappear the way the resurrected Jesus did in the 24th chapter of Luke. However, those who have resurrected celestial bodies have more power than those with terrestrial bodies. A person who has been translated still has to be resurrected after the second coming of Christ to attain a celestial body. Whoa. Did you get all that? (sighs) Jesus. Okay. (laughs) Here's what I took from that. God. Uh, I'm sorry, people. This, this is so good. <laughs> this is so good. I mean, if you are an ex-Mormon, you're probably going to get all of that. Yeah. Even in the, I didn't need to slow it down for them. I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I still don't understand it, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is what I think you said. I think you may have said that if you are a translated being, that's not like meaning you're in the celestial uh, kingdom yet. Yeah, you have to be... You have to be. <laughs> wait, 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 I love wait, never trying to explain Mormon it. shit. <laughs> when you you're not actually dead, and when the resurrection or whatever happens, then you will be dead and resurrected and go to the the celestial kingdom. Yeah, essentially. You, yeah. So you're just an immortal being, but you never die. That needs a physical body. Yes, because how else are you going to lay on hands inappropriately? <laughs> Sounds like under a bunch of perverted, <laughs> I know, under an apron. Oh, we're going to get to that. So I know with the three Nephites, these were translated beings, mm-hmm. and they can be spotted supposedly today around town wearing their COVID masks, et cetera. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, like Bigfoot. Now, are all translated beings walking around on earth? Yes. And how do you become a translated being? You're super special and God makes you that way. Who decides? God. Through some bishop or somebody? No, I don't think bishops are involved. I think it's all God. You know it's fake, right? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> okay, let's say for it's true for one second. Okay, it's true. How do you know that someone's a translated being? Do they have a glow about them? A little shiny shine? I think shine? they give you the handshake, one of the secret handshakes. You can't do that and not be a translated being? No, no, no. Like outside of the temple, they would give you the secret handshakes you would know. And they wouldn't die on the spot. Now, I don't know if that's doctrine, but I heard that numerous times. So if anyone else heard that as a Mormon, oh my God, this is so fucking stupid. Um, this <laughs> and, is, and you believed it. I'm realizing what I was taught. Okay. <laughs> I haven't thought about this in a long time. So like um, the devil, of course, would try to imitate these translated beings. Oh, the adversary? Yes, the adversary, obviously. <laughs> but he doesn't know the secret handshakes. Oh, okay. Like, if you don't get the secret handshake, you know it's not a translated being. Mm-hmm. I thought those handshakes were not allowed outside the temple. True, unless you're a translated being. How does that How does that way you know that? Well, you can't be tricked. It doesn't, baby, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it doesn't have to make sense. Has any of this made sense? Y'all, I'm going to say I'm starting to think it's all fake a lot. During this Mm. episode. Yes. Mm -hmm. There's number one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Maybe make it a little drinking game. Every time Mary says, I'm starting to think it's all fake, you take a drink. (laughs) It's not 11 a.m. here, but you all who are listening. (laughs) Yeah, I'm drinking coffee. Yeah, me too. I'm on on Mm -hmm. coffee number two. So yeah, if you want to delay listening to this, wait wait, wait. wait, four or five in the afternoon so you can have a drink. No, we're not going to judge people who just woke up <laughs> and are drinking and are drinking hey, mimosas, vodka. right? Oh, that's true. Irish coffee. Come on, let's whatever get you this. want. No judgment in what liquid you use to play this drinking game. Well, that's true too. Or what time of the day? Yep, no. you can drink tea if you want. Mm-hmm. Go mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's get back on track here. Have yeah. we talked all about translated beings? We have, but not really. Oh, there's because more. Because <laughs> I learned something so damn funny. Yeah. So so damn funny. Okay. Those of you who would like to research crazy people, <laughs> Anna Lee Scarin or Scarin, I don't know, S-K-A-R-I-N. You want to hear this? Who's that person? I'm about to tell you. She was a woman who had been raised in the LDS church who claimed to have invented a meditation technique by which anyone could translate themselves directly into heaven. Oh, 
temporarily she, or I, I, permanently? I don't know. She's not my friend. She's, <laughs> I don't know. She, I thought you couldn't get to heaven until the resurrection. Well, according to Annalise Scarron, <laughs> let me tell you more. She also claimed in her book to be able to see directly into the spirit world. Do you know what the spirit world is? I mean, I can only guess. Is it like, um, you know, celestial, terrestrial, whatever kingdom? Isn't that the spirit world? No, no? because no one's there yet because <laughs> there hasn't been the morning of the first resurrection. Is it just spirits walking among us? I don't know where they actually are. Okay. Anyway. Are they ghosts? What are they? I don't know. Oh, so you don't even know the answer. Well, no, I don't know the true answer. <laughs> what does Anna, whatever her name is, think? Well, I'll tell you. Okay. Anyway, she also claimed in her book to be able to see directly into the spirit world with what is called the Mormonism spiritual eye. Oh, God. She wrote a book about it called Ye Are Gods. Originally a devout Mormon, she was excommunicated from the church shortly after publication of her first book, Ye Are Gods, because it was perceived by high-ranking members that the book's contents seriously blasphemed against Mormon belief. Many proponents of New Age thought she, along with her husband Reason, well, his name is Reason? Okay, Reason Scarin, indeed achieved physical immortality, in parenthesis, being translated. Uh-huh. This eye she's talking about, I'm thinking Lord of the Rings is her favorite series. That's what I'm thinking. Probably. Mm-hmm. This is about to get so good. Can you can you just <laughs> hold your comments mm-hmm. till the very end? Oh, okay. it's going <clears> to <throat> be challenging for me. Yeah. Anyway, many proponents. So people thought that she, along with her husband, indeed achieved physical immortality after her clothes were found in her room in 1952, and she totally disappeared. <laughs> for my next trick. Mm-hmm. However, it was later shown that she had faked her translation and gone into hiding with her husband in order to increase the sale of her books. Oh, my God. <laughs> she hid away from the Mormon corridor, that's like Utah, Idaho, uh-huh. by going to Southern Oregon and later living in the far north of California. She just left her clothes. She was walking around naked. I would assume she bought more clothes. <laughs> it was later proven that she physically died of natural causes. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that a great story? Uh, Jesus. So she was supposed to be a believing Mormon during this time. Yes. Seems like she was getting a little big for her britches there. A little big for britches. Mm-hmm. Women can't be having these. Um, and making up shit. They don't get to make the shit up. No, only the mm-hmm. leaders get to make shit up. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. And, and that is uh, the end. What? I couldn't save all my comments. I had a couple of comments in there. I, I just can't. It's too good. You have to say things. <laughs> That's right. Well, that was a special treat there. Thank you. I actually learned something. This Anna Lee, I got to meet her one of these days. I'll, I'll meet her she in the died Celestial natural Kingdom. Causes. Well, I'm going to get translated. Well, if she's a translated being, she's well, you not, can't though. be dead and be a translated being, right? Also true. Are they like zombies or maybe vampires? No, they're like Bigfoot. <laughs> Is Bigfoot immortal? Well, he's been around forever. Maybe he has offspring. I think he's one of the three Nephites. That is, uh, or was it that they say Cain is Bigfoot? I don't know. Mormon lore is incredibly amazing. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for that. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. That was uh, insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm starting to think it's all fake. What? <laughs> Number two. There you go. There you go. Number two. Okay. What's next on the list? So we're going temple. Should we just dive into the temple? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> so there are multiple parts of the LDS endowment, which means the gift. There is the actual ceremony. That's Mm -hmm. like the endowment proper. But before that, before you can even go through that, there's baptism and then the initiatory, okay? Is that like three different visits to the temple? I mean, you could do them all at once, but you know, I did them all. I was already baptized, obviously, but I did them all. The washing and the anointing and the actual endowment ceremony all in one day. It's a lot to take in. (laughs) Don't you have a bunch of shit to memorize and stuff? You don't necessarily have to memorize it. They'll like tell you in your ear if you forget shit. Are all Mormons baptized in a temple? No, no, no. Actually, you don't get baptized in a temple. That's the only ordinance that you can perform outside of a temple. It's inside the temple where you do baptisms for... The dead. The dead. (laughs) Zombie baptisms. Yeah. And the Hitler one was the one that was the most surprising to me. Why the fuck? It's kind of like on Wentworth which we always w- want to call like West, West Wing, World, West Wing. Or, well, or um, oh, Wayne's World. <laughs> Wayne's World, Water World. We always, I don't know why yeah. we get that mixed yeah. up. Mm-hmm. We can't remember the name of it. But remember when, sorry, if this is a spoiler, what, what season are we on? Four. 
Okay, so season four spoiler coming up. Close your ears if you don't want to hear it. But when um, What's-His-Nugget saved Ferguson in the fire, mm-hmm. you know, that's to me like why you would do a baptism for the dead for yeah, Hitler. Just let, just let it go. and Hitler burn. <laughs> yeah. Ferguson and Hitler, Hitler burn. burn. Exactly. That's how I feel about it. But anyway, <laughs> weird uh, comparison right there. Well, there you go. That was for you, Joe Evelyn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. For sure. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the actual baptismal font within the temple. Oh, let's do. Okay. Baptisms for the dead are performed underground in the basement of the temple as a similitude of the grave. Oh. I know. Traditionally, the baptismal font rests on the back of 12 oxen, Mm. like the molten sea in Solomon's temple. Mm -hmm. Okay. The officiator and the proxy stand together in the water. What is the proxy? Right. They have to stand in for the dead person. Yeah. For Hitler. Yes. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm the Hitler stand-in. Did he get the stash? For sure. 100%. Yeah. Wow. This is so nuts, you guys. Mm Mm-hmm. Of course, men are baptized for men. Women are baptized for women. Okay, because you don't want to cross those genders. Got to keep the genders separate at all times. Yes. So again, the officiator and the proxy stand together in the water. The officiator raises his, obviously, right arm to the square and pronounces the following words. So when you're in this font, because I did baptisms for the dead a lot when I was a teenager. Oh, my God. Not a lot, maybe twice, You were a proxy. Oh, I was totally a proxy. (laughs) Um, But you're in the font, and then there's like two or three men sitting in chairs like above you looking down in the font to make sure that you go all the way under the water. Otherwise, it doesn't count. Why God would give shits about that, I have no idea. If God's a picky motherfucker, no thank you. Yeah. Oh, you were one inch above the water. Yeah. You weren't completely submerged. It yeah. doesn't count. No, even a hair. Like, they would have the girls, like, you'd have to put your hair in a ponytail or whatever. Okay. It, was, it was serious business. Oh, my God. And if you didn't go all the way under, they had to do it again. Like, the witness sitting up above would say, mm Again, again. Oh, my God. That's so stupid. I know. Can you explain to the Nevermos, uh, raise your right hand to the square? It signifies like power of the priesthood. So right hand to the square is just like lift your arm, your bicep goes out at a 90 degree angle. So you're creating a square. Yes. And then your hand goes straight up in the air. Okay. So you're creating a square with your right hand. Yes. That's what somehow that this has power over evil. <laughs> if you're a man. Yeah. I was just a lowly woman. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't forget that. Know I, your place. <laughs> <laughs> I would never, especially in the house of the Lord. The Lord. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now you've been dunked. Oh, wait, wait. No, not yet. The officiator raises his right arm to the square and pronounces the following words. And by the way, the words have to be exact as well. Oh, so you have to memorize the ship. Yes. It's not like you got cue cards. No, not until the confirmation. Teleprompter? I think in the ordination, uh, whatever, we'll see. No, in the ordination, you do get cards to cheat. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Maybe in the confirmation as well. Anyway. God knows you're cheating. God does. I remember uh, when I was being baptized for the dead, they did. They have like a card up there so that the baptizers don't fuck it up. Oh, God allows this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But if you read it wrong. Oh, forget it. uh So this is how it would go. Let's say that this kid who's being baptized is named... Bill Walker. I just threw that out there. Okay, Bill Walker. Okay, Brother Walker. Mm-hmm. Having been commissioned of Jesus Christ. Commissioned? Uh, yeah, how? <laughs> is that a, is there payment involved? <laughs> <laughs> what does commissioned even mean? It's, it's, commission? like, it's like Jesus is giving you permission to do that. How the fuck would you know? Okay, Brother Walker, having been commissioned of Jesus Christ, I baptize you for and in behalf of blank Hitler. Hitler. <laughs> who is dead. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, amen. Then the officiator immerses them completely underwater. Mm-hmm. So when I would go do baptisms for the dead, they would have you do like 10 at a time. So you go under 10 times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is the water clean? This is what I want to know. I mean, it's very bleachy smelling for okay. sure. Very bleachy. Um, I remember the first time I was going to go do baptisms for the dead and I was like struggling with feeling like they would know that I wasn't super holy at the time. That you're that a big I- old sinner. Yeah, that I had been like making out with my boyfriend. Oh my and, gosh. Yeah, I had had alcohol. Oh my goodness. I know. And so there was always this terror that like somehow they're going to know or that God is going to be like, what are you doing in my temple? Somehow mm-hmm. I would get that feeling. Didn't happen. Right. So maybe you started to think it was all fake. No. Number me, three. <laughs> good job. <laughs> <laughs> took me a good 40 something years. One thing, the difference between the boys and the girls going in, the girls, and I specifically remember this, the week before you go, your young women's leaders, 
mm-hmm. sit everyone down, and they're like, if you're going to be on your period during oh. the temple trip, you can't take part oh in the God. baptisms, but you can hand out towels. How embarrassing. So embarrassing. So everyone knew that the girls, mm-hmm. of course, it's the girls. The boys don't ever have to hand out towels. The girls. Oh, they never are, have to? No. <laughs> it's a girl no, they duty. Don't. Yeah, no, it's a girl duty. <laughs> Duh. So. What do the boys do? Nothing. Oh, they just stand in for somebody. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they, they don't, don't have they don't, to hand no, towels. No, that's women's work. <laughs> Um, so everyone knows that the girl who's handing out towels is on her period. Uh-huh. When you're a teenager, oh, good God. Good yeah. fucking God. Wow. How embarrassing, right? You know, I might just volunteer to be towel girl every time. They'll probably be like, that girl's on her period a lot. All the time. Because I'm like, I don't want to get in that nasty water and mm-hmm. like get baptized for people I don't give a shit about. Mm-hmm. Hitler. It's all fake. Yeah. Is that, yeah. is that for, or do I have to say the entire phrase? Go ahead. Say the whole thing. That's okay. Okay. We'll get you next time. Gotcha. So moving on, that's that's not it. So then you change into your dry clothes, mm-hmm. right? And then you go to the confirmation. So what happens, they have all these rooms set up in this hall, right? And so you go into the room and the officiators lay their hands on the proxy's head. So at least two people. The officiator is acting as a mouthpiece of God. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So it goes like this, Brother Walker, in the name of Jesus Christ, we lay our hands upon your head for and in behalf of Hitler, who was dead, and confirm you a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and say unto you, receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. Okay. So Hitler's a member. Oh, my God. If he chooses to accept it. So this is going on on Earth. Yes. And then somewhere in the celestial kingdom world. Yes. Hitler is like, oh, I just got a text. (laughs) <laughs> I get to be a Mormon. Well, yes. And <laughs> How here's, does that work? Here's the horrid thing. There's so many horrid things. Horrid? Horrid. Oh, horrid. You are taught as a child, from the time that you're a child, all the way through your Mormonism, that there are spirits of your ancestors on the other side of the veil who have been waiting for hundreds and hundreds of years for you to do their work for them. So, that way they can be members and they can have the Holy Ghost, which why would you need the Holy Ghost if you're already dead and like you're there? Like, do you need— I, it, But I thought your your ancestors were already Mormons. They uh, On one side, yes. Okay. But— So you, it's the ones who were not LDS members on this planet. Right. But there are a lot of people who get baptized for random strangers. You can actually go to the temple and they'll just give you a random stranger name. So it could be like Mary Rutt when she dies. Someone oh, I'm going to do the hell out of your temple work <laughs> if I'm oh, still I'm around. Oh, I'm going first. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> You're going to do my temple work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that what they call it? Yes, I'm going to do your temple work. <laughs> okay, so, so far Hitler has been baptized and confirmed. Okay. Next is ordination. Ready? Brother Walker, having authority, I lay my hands upon your head and confer upon you the Melchizedek priesthood and ordain you an elder in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints for and in behalf of Hitler, who is dead, and seal upon you every grace, gift, and authority appertaining to this office in the holy Melchizedek priesthood for and in his behalf in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So Hitler gets the priesthood, the best, most obedient, righteous, Christ-like, loving girl doesn't get this. Right. So it must be a different speech when you're doing a baptism for a woman. This is an ordination. This is you ordain the man into the priesthood. The man who's already dead. Yeah, Hitler. So there's not this, this ritual doesn't go on for women who are already dead at all. Women are baptized and confirmed a member of the church. Okay. Men are baptized, confirmed, and get the ordination, which seals upon them every grace, gift, and authority Mm. appertaining to this office. And also, wasn't this Walker kid called an elder? Brother. The elder title referred to Hitler. Hitler, yes. Elder Hitler. Elder Hitler. Jesus. (laughs) Hitler's rolling his grave like, what the? Who's talking about me? I didn't want that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Nobody asked me. Wow, that's the weirdest shit I've ever heard, you guys. And you did this as a teenager? Oh, yeah. How long does this thing take? I mean, that's a bit of—it's an entire, like, you go, you take a trip to the temple, you're there all day. I mean, do you bring a sandwich? Yes. You do? You pack a lunch? Yeah, yeah, and you go out and sit (laughs) on the temple grounds and eat your lunch, and you go back in and do more shit. It's horrible. It's like the—it's not fun. Oh, my God. Yeah. How much time did you waste doing this shit as a kid? Uh, Thankfully for me, I lived in New Mexico, and the closest temple was in Mesa, Arizona. And so it was like a 
three or four hour drive each way. So we would go and stay like in dormitories overnight and then come back, which the dormitory part was fun because you're staying wow. dorms away from home. And so, you know, we looked forward to the temple trip, not for the handing out towels on your period part, <laughs> but for the hanging out in the dorms. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, this is horrible. So I even remember as a teen, knowing that the boys were going through the ordination and me being so curious, I just wanted to know what was happening there, but you weren't allowed to know. Like nobody oh. would talk about it. It was always the boys know more than you do when you're a girl. So you don't even get to know what goes on in that no. part of the ceremony. Or no, whatever. you're not told. The boys don't talk about it afterward because wow. they're taught that it's special. It's their knowledge. Uh-huh. And so even in such a small thing like that, boys getting to know more than the girls. And this is like teenagers. Yeah. It breeds young, that idea of boys being better boys than girls. Boys being better. And mm-hmm. it's put in the girls' heads and unfortunately in the boys' heads, which is why you have so many dick bags in the Mormon church because they feel <laughs> whole better. Whole bag of dicks. Whole bag of dicks. <laughs> and again, we don't hate men. I'm just no. saying they are taught to be this way. Yeah. And it's unfortunate for them as well. Like I feel bad for them because. I'm guessing it's hard for them to have healthy relationships when their yeah. women leave the church or their women stand up for what's right. And there are a lot of men who didn't buy into the bullshit. We, we actually know a few right. um, ourselves. There are a lot, and but the vast majority. all of our uh, male listeners who've written in yeah. and let us know. So that's fantastic. Let yeah. us know. The past Guys, holes. Yeah. If you're listening and you didn't feel superior to women, even when you were Mormon— Or maybe you did and you don't now. We would love to hear your story. Yeah, what were your thoughts? Was it as weird for you as it was for your female peers? Mm -hmm. You know, did you ever wonder, huh, that sucks that the girls don't get to do that. Like, that doesn't seem fair. Yeah. Did did you think that way or was it already hammered into your head? You are the male figure here. This is your Like somehow you're more important. Yeah. I mean, how could you not feel that way? I would think you would have to, um, but would you recognize that you're feeling that way? Probably That's the not. Difference. Probably yeah. not. And can you recognize it now looking back? Yes. I would love to hear if there are any men who recognize it as a youth. Like this, I don't think this is right. This yeah. isn't fair. Mm-hmm. Typically, the people who are winning in a fairness competition don't see the unfairness. That's true. Yeah. That is very true. We are going through that right now with race in this country. Yes. 100%. Yes. I, um, that took a while. I'm telling you, there's a lot here. So I want to save. Okay. Because I do not want to rush through the initiatory because it's oh, whack a mole. Never rush through the initiatory. <laughs> you might get touched in more of the wrong places oh. in the initiatory. That's just a little uh, teaser. Teaser mm-hmm. for next week. So. Yeah. Titillated. Mm-hmm. Titillated. <laughs> All right. So we've covered baptism, confirmation, and ordination for the males only because they're special. Okay. Right. Wow. That was a lot that we covered there. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to the next uh, installment. <laughs> Are you though of temple creepiness? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I would love to hear from anyone, but specifically Nevermos right now who are listening and are like, "What, what the? the what?" <laughs> who are also starting to think it's all fake. There we go. I think that was four or maybe five. I've lost track. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, uh, let's take a little break, shall we? When we get back, I'm going to read a letter from Lynette. Lynette, we're finally getting to your letter. We're this was finally. October 2019. Oh my gosh, we're so damn organized. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll get into that in just a second. Okay. We're back. Hi. Okay, so should we do our little segment intro? Uh-huh. Okay, just follow my lead. Always. So, Shelly, it's time for another LDL letter. I think that's it. Wow. You, I re- we really cut to the same time. <laughs> well, that's because I was directing you. It's also true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I took a, what was it, conducting class in college. Oh. Mm-hmm. I was a music major. So there you go. Well, that would make sense. Then. That's one of those classes that really is useful later in life. Conducting? <laughs> when you're podcasting, when you're... <laughs> you're trying to get your podcast co-host See? to shut up at the right Who time? Who knew I would use that skill? <laughs> I need you to find the email address of your professor <laughs> and, be like, and tell him slash her, like, oh my God, this thank you. This finally paid off all those years <laughs> later. <laughs> was it a, like an, an actual conducting course or just a section of a, of a course? Oh, no. It was a semester-long class. You learned to be a conductor. Oh, oh yeah! I can God. do like six, eight time signatures. I can do it all. Do you get little batons? <laughs> I had a baton. You only have one. <laughs> I've seen them with two batons, like um, the big time orchestra conductors. Are we talking are, about doing like swingy movements? Air traffic controller? No, <laughs> those are not batons. Those are flashlights. I think those are called batons, actually. 
Whatevs. Anywho. Mm-hmm. Let's funny. get back to Lynette. Maybe they're called flashlights. Really? They're just called flashlights? I don't, now I want to know. I don't. Directional <laughs> beams of beams. lights. <laughs> All right. Or lightsabers. Okay. Okay. Let's get into the letter from Lynette from so long ago. Mm-hmm. Lynette, our apologies that it took so long. Hi, Mary and Shelley. I've been wanting to write to you since I first binge listened after episode nine. And Lynette, we have been wanting to read your letters since you first binge listened after episode nine. Uh And here we are. Wait, can I point out that this is episode 85? Okay, carry on. (laughs) Sorry. Who's counting? Nobody. I just don't know where to begin. I feel like I have so much in common with Shelly, yet nothing in common at all. Hmm. Interesting. I was from a part member family, which you were not. You were from a full, full on member family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Although maybe not grand- grandparents on both sides or yes, something. Yes, grandparents on both sides. Wow, okay. Mm-hmm. I keep mm-hmm. forgetting your lineage story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm straight, yet I never had that elusive temple marriage that the church told me I needed to have in order to be happy. What we have in common is we both were raised in the cult and we both followed their rules because we both just wanted to be happy. Yeah, yeah. Is that why you did it? Or did you just think I just have no choice? Well, you're told that this is how you will be happy. I see. Yeah. Uh, Back to the letter. As I said, I'm from a part member family. My mom comes from a long line of pioneers. Great grandpa is buried next to Martin Harris. Whoa. Who's Martin Harris? Whoa. He was um, one of the dudes, like the original dudes with Joseph Smith. Pretty sure he got excommunicated. Hmm. Um, Martin Harris was the guy who lost like 200 something pages of the Book of Mormon manuscript. That's the story. And his wife is blamed for it. Okay, carry on. My dad was a non-member who owned a pool hall. Oh, we got trouble. Trouble Mm, with a capital T that runs with P that stands for pool. You don't know that song, do you? Don't. (laughs) You don't want to know it. It's a musical. Oh, no. (laughs) Okay. Needless to say, we didn't blend into the ward. I don't know if my mom ever really had a testimony, but she was always one to follow the rules. So my mom, three sisters, and I went to church. Oof. My family life wasn't the happiest, and as a youth, I would look around at all the perfect families, in quotes, sitting in the pews, and wanted to have a perfect, happy family myself. It's so funny to hear Lynette talk about what the perfect family looked like. So what what do you think those people really felt like? Oh, I bet at bare minimum, they were bored out of their minds. (laughs) Um, And probably a few of them, there was a lot of abuse going on in the home. Could have been. Yeah. You know? I, I would say yes, for sure. In that congregation, there was some abuse going on in some of those families. That's just the odds. Yeah, so you just look like the perfect family. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, Lynette, don't worry. They weren't perfect. No, no, no. I believed all the lies the church preached and all the heart cell they were so good at. Yeah. They crush. They crush, crush the crush heart it. cell. My older sister was always my dad's favorite. I tried so hard to be a good kid, but my dad and I had nothing in common. My older sister stopped going to church in high school, which I'm sure endeared her to my dad even more. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's tough when it's split like that. For sure. Part I went member that. families, that's the name well, of it. Well, yeah, my father never went to church. Yeah. And I was always wondering what the heck was wrong with him, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. And he was r- wondering what the heck was wrong with his wife. Exactly. Yeah. And he probably felt like he lost his kids. For sure. Mm-hmm. I would if Brent suddenly decided to be Mormon again and started hauling the kids to church. Yeah. Hey, I'd throw a fucking fit. Right. Um, but yeah, I would be the odd man out at that point. The sure. Odd, the odd lesbian out. Especially if some of them got like, quote, real spiritual. Of course. Yeah. And they started to look down on your lifestyle or any other thing. Like well, you're not going to church. Yeah. You're drinking. Yeah. You drink coffee or what have you. The no, list goes on and on. coffee. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's so stupid. <sighs> my dad would spend long hours talking to my sister about her college plans. And I was told I needed to get a job because I wasn't smart enough Ouch. to go to college. Thanks, Dad. To make matters worse, she was always a bully to me. Mm. She was the ringleader with my two younger sisters, constantly picking on me, laughing at me, etc. My parents just allowed it. Self-esteem was not allowed in my family, at least not for me. I tried to follow all the rules. I felt such guilt if I didn't. Mm. Growing up in the 70s under Spencer W. Kimball meant a lot of guilt. Oof, he's the uh, miracle of forgiveness, dude. Yeah, right? Mm Mm-hmm. We need to get into that book more. I know. We, I have it. Okay. Yeah. We'll put that I ha- in a future I have episode. a few books. we got to get back into mm-hmm. um, women. Oh, right, right, right. Written by men. Written by all those men, including Spencer W. Kimball. Yeah. Duh. Lynette says, I tried and tried to do everything right so I wouldn't have guilt. This included sharing the gospel with total strangers because, quote, 
every member is a missionary. Is yep. that what it is? Every member a missionary. Every member a missionary. That's yeah. what she says. Yeah. Everyone's expected to be a missionary. Uh, every member a missionary. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were always taught it's not just the full-time missionaries who need to be preaching the gospel. Right. Well, you want to get more Mormons. Yeah. You want more people to look at you weird. Yep. Yeah. You want more Mormons because that's more tithe payers. It's all down to the money. Yep. As awful as the guilt was, it was better than my home life. I figured I would continue following the rules, and since I was a good Mormon girl, the Lord would bless me with that return missionary, mm. and I would have the eternal temple marriage and the happiness I deserved. Mm-hmm. I found out that life doesn't always work like that. Mm-mm. Nope, it doesn't. Shelly is case in point. Case in point right here, baby. Yep. When I was 17, my family experienced a trauma. One Saturday morning, early, two teens followed my dad home from the pool hall to rob him. Jesus. Yeah. Before it was over, my mom, dad, and sister had all been shot. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. We're sorry, Lynette. That sucks. Yeah. Jeez. That's really hard. My mom survived. My dad and sister were murdered. Oof. Jeez. God. I'm so sorry. I awoke to the sound of gunshots and jumped over their bodies to run to safety. We would later find out these two teens had been on a crime spree and had murdered two other innocent people in the nine days prior to our incident. They were serial killers. Wow. Jesus. Lynette says, As traumatic as that night was, a number of miracles occurred. I had not yet been told that my dad and older sister had died, I remember being in shock and thinking there are a lot of places someone can be shot and still survive. I guess places on the body. Yeah. Anyone who saw my dad and sister would know they were gone, but I didn't. I remember walking down the neighbor's hallway and I clearly heard a voice, Lynette, call the bishop. Hmm. I remember thinking that was a good idea and turned around to see who was talking. No one was there. It's not proper to call anyone at 4 a.m. I'll call at a more appropriate time. The voice kept repeating it louder and louder, so I went to my neighbor and told her I needed to call the bishop. My bishop's number was unlisted, and the ward directory was across the street in the middle of a crime scene. What is the ward directory, Shelley? It's, it's like the ward telephone book of all the members. Oh, okay. Yeah. I had no access to the number. This was in 1977. There was no internet, no cell phone, contacts to check. It was a different time. My neighbor called the telephone operator. The operator didn't have the number, so she decided to just call the church. I argued with her as she was wasting time. There's no one at the church. This was a Saturday morning at 4 a.m., basically the middle of the night. The phone rang twice, and a woman answered the phone. She had a very calm voice. She didn't need to look up the number. She knew it. I can tell you the names of men who helped clean up the crime scene, the women who took in family members who came in from out of town for the funeral. I can tell you the names of so many people who came to our aid, but no one has ever claimed to be at the church that night. Mm, Wow. Yeah. Interesting. As my mom was seriously injured in the hospital, it became my job to notify the relatives, plan the funeral, pick out the caskets and the burial plots. My bishop and ward were wonderful. I didn't have to do this alone. Good. That's good. When I was LDS, I knew I had talked to angels and that I was helped because I was LDS. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I also knew that the family members who died, my dad and sister, were the two members who didn't go to church. Those of us who did survived. This kept me LDS for longer than I should have been. Oh, God. So in her mind, because those two family members weren't Mormon, that's why God allowed them to die in the shooting. Yeah. Oh, that's a horrible thing to have in your head. Yeah, that is. Lynette says, of course, now I realize that if being LDS was all you needed to avoid tragedy, my family wouldn't have been targeted in the first place. True. In the 70s, one did not go to therapy. There was no office of victim services. PTSD was not a diagnosis. You were on your own. My mom became even more active and the church rallied around us. Internally, my family was falling apart and I was spiraling downward. I eventually went to college, just a community college where they would have to accept me. She puts in parentheses, my dad's voice telling me I'm not smart enough reverberated loudly in my brain. Mm. I only went because I would get Social Security money by staying in school. I found that I actually did well. I took dumbbell English, she says, (laughs) and learned to write. Wow, in college. Wow. I didn't know it was a skill you could learn. I thought it was a talent you had or didn't. What a concept, she says. (laughs) I would eventually earn a BA in communications. 
And of course, I looked for that eternal companion. Of course, that's your only goal in life. Yeah. Well, and she learned to write, so that's something great that came out of college. Right? Yeah, but Mormons don't give a shit about that. You right. need to find your eternal find companion. Find your mate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I went to all of the dances, firesides, institute gatherings, and nothing. So what are firesides? Uh, it's like meetings. They're not actually by a fire. There's not a bonfire. <laughs> That'd be pretty fun. Is it a chat? Because sometimes, you know, like the president would do a fireside chat. Yes. Typically, you would go sit in the congregation at the church. Some big wig would talk. Okay. And then you'd have dessert. I see. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, lame. Yeah, it sounds really lame. Mm -hmm. Lynette says, non-members thought I was wonderful, well, until I wouldn't sleep with them, but Mm -hmm. members weren't interested. Growing up without any self-confidence and knowing that I needed a man, she put knowing in quotes, Mm -hmm. That I needed a man in order to be happy took its toll. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Further, because of the homicide, I lived in complete fear 24-7. Oh, sweetie. Oh. I constantly looked over my shoulder, wondering who was going to murder me now. God. Yeah. I began working at a police department because no one would murder me there, she says. At age 22, I was dating a few non-member cops and finally lost my virginity. Surprisingly, I didn't feel guilt, but for the first time in five years, I felt safe. I felt protected as if no one was going to murder me right then. Wow. Yeah, because she was with a cop, right? Yeah. The safe feeling was only during sex, she says. Feeling safe was so intoxicating that I began sleeping around. I stopped going to church, but for the wrong reason. I stopped because I did not think I was a good enough person to walk through the front doors of the church. Yeah, that actually, it's good that you stopped, but the guilt that you felt because you thought you were not good enough, that sucks. Yeah, for sure. I went through bad relationship after bad relationship. Looking back, I desperately needed therapy, but therapy was just not done. At age 30, I married a man because I thought it was my last chance to have a family. I was pregnant when I married him. My career hadn't gone as planned. I was still very messed up from the homicide. I was working in retail management. My husband quit work shortly after the wedding and began living off of me. Oh, man. Mm. I was pregnant with number two when I learned he was secretly living off my credit cards. Ooh, he sounds like a real winner. Yeah. That was the time I returned to church. Since I was married, I felt worthy enough to attend. I also knew about the safety net of the bishop's storehouse. By the way, many bishops are not very welcoming to single mothers. Mm-hmm. Intact families moving into a ward are very welcome, Single moms, not so much. There's definitely shame thrown at the single mom. Really? Like, kind of like, well, this is your fault. That <laughs> you need our food. Right. Oh, Assholes. That sucks. It sounds like their gift comes with a string attached. String. Oh, hell yeah. Lynette says about single moms, we just might need help. Isn't that what a church should be for? Mm-hmm. Uh, not Mormon theory. church. Yeah. A couple of positive events did happen during this time, however. I reached behind my neck and discovered I had a spine. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) I left him, I guessed the husband, Mm -hmm. when my youngest was two months old. Wow, that does take a spine. Good job. I knew I needed a job other than retail to support my kids. I wanted to do something medical, but nursing would have daycare issues. But I went to a library and found a book on allied medical fields. I went page by page, and when I turned to prosthetics, I heard another voice telling me this was what I was going to do. Huh. I know. I began looking at the prerequisites. I was 32 at the time and thought, I will be 40 by the time I graduate. The same voice came back and said, you'd be 40 anyway. True story. Voice. <laughs> it's a true, true story. <laughs> so I got started and graduated at age 40. That's so badass. It is badass. Yeah. Lynette did grow a spine. She that sure did. That is amazing. Did. And so far, her voices are not doing her wrong. No. Yeah. No. There are only a handful of schools that teach prosthetics. I uprooted my family and moved across the country to Minnesota. 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 One of the prerequisites was a psychology class. It was the 1990s. PTSD was now a diagnosis. I will never forget reading my homework one day when I read about it. I yelled out loud, I've got that. (laughs) Right. Yep. It's amazing when you realize that it's a thing that you're actually dealing with. You're not just crazy in your head. Like it's a real life thing. Exactly. Yeah. Lynette says, I began therapy. I got on my feet and life is good now. It's awesome. 
As far as the church goes, I struggled with so many policies, but being a cult member, I believed the prophet is talking for God. But I struggled with everything from women's rights, gay rights, to blacks in the priesthood. It was six years ago that I discovered the church essays. Have we talked about the church essays? No, but we will. That's not the CES letter. Is it? Um, it is kind of in response to the CES letter, okay. sort of. Like yeah. they got called out on a bunch of shit, and so then the church started publishing, but hiding them in their website, things addressing what the CES letter had called out. I see. Yeah. So they sort of fessed up to some stuff once it was in Yeah, their but face. hit it. But saying, oh, well, it's right there on the website. You know, mm-hmm. we're not hiding anything. We don't lie. Right, right. Mm-hmm. The first one I read, I guess the first essay, mm-hmm. was about blacks and the priesthood. When I found out that the policy was just a policy and a racist policy at that, they claim it was never doctrine. This was huge in 1978. Uh, Lynette says, the church leadership lied to me from the pulpit for years. My God doesn't lie. Thus, these men were never talking for God. Yeah, good Mm -hmm, point. mm -hmm. I left the church that day. This time I left for the right reason, because the church isn't good enough for me. Yes. Yeah. There you go. That's right. I no longer feel any guilt. My life is great, and I learned that I do not need a man to make me happy. I can be happy on my own. What a concept. What a fucking concept. Yep. Lynette says, I like to think that I'm spiritual now. I don't know what God's name is. I believe she answers to many names. (laughs) I would probably be agnostic, except I cannot deny the voices I heard that night. Someone is watching over me. This much I know. My life is incredible now. I have been a prostatist, pronounced like prostitute, but with a tist on the end. (laughs) So I don't think you say the H. Yeah, prostatist. Prostatist. Okay. Thank you, Lynette, for clarifying. (laughs) I had no idea. Not to be confused with prostitute. I'm not confusing the two. No, I'm not confused. Good. Let's move on. Okay. She says she's been that (laughs) for 20 years. (laughs) Cool. Prostitist. 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 Mm -hmm. I actually get to change lives for a living. That's awesome. Yeah. There's nothing like the feeling when I get someone walking for the first time. That's got to be so cool. That has to be. It's also hard to feel sorry for myself when I spend my day helping people with missing limbs. I mean, she's bringing so much joy to people and helping them. That's fantastic. Lynette says, my life has been hard, but it got easier when I stopped listening to men, whether (laughs) that man was my dad or a bad relationship, an ex-husband or church leaders. Mm -hmm. One thing I've learned is that everyone goes through hell in their life, but it makes us who we are. And I like the person I've become. Thank you again, Lynette. Love it. Love it too. Aw. That's a great story. Yeah, Lynette, that's awesome. There's some hard shit in there. Yeah. Wow. Look at her now. Yeah. Yeah. Never give up. Never give up. Lynette, thank you for that story. Yeah, I can't believe you were able to bounce back from such a tragedy. Yeah. And then being able to recognize you have PTSD while taking a psychology class. That also feels kind of like a tender mercy. You know what I mean? It's like Mm -hmm. you're... In this class, and oh, by the way, it's helping you recognize something in yourself that is now something you can work on and hopefully heal from, Mm -hmm. potentially. That's an awesome letter. I loved it. Thank you so much. Um, I'm just going to throw this reminder out. If anyone would like to get in touch with us, write us your letter. Just go to latterdaylesbian.org slash contact and get in touch. I think we should take one final break. Let's do it. And then we get back, get to Patreon and Marco Polo channels. I love it. Do it. You're right back. We're back. We're back. Yeah, before we get into all the patrons and stuff, I just wanted to remind people that I'm still updating our shop page. It's getting there. It's getting there. I have um, the Disruptive Woman t-shirts for women and the people who support a disruptive woman. Mm-hmm. Person with a disruptive woman in their life. Yes. That could relate to any gender. Yes. So those things are in multiple styles and colors, etc. I got to get me some of those. I like that. Yeah, for sure. And more stuff's going to be going up mm-hmm. weekly. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to put up there. So nice. Be patient. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Patrons? Patrons. Uh, we've decided that these patrons, and there are three of them, thank you. These patrons will be given new names. New, new last names. names. That's not a thing, though, right? New you names? don't get a new last name. No, no, no. You get like a new first name. Yes. Written on a white stone, potentially, <laughs> in Sharpie. No, I, maybe. 
Who the fuck knows? It's all fake anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Mary has challenged me to try to come up with temple words to go with the last name. All right, let's give it a shot. So first patron is Emily. And by the way, Emily did not give me a last initial. So I'm just going to oh, go for it. Okay. Emily Health in the Naval. <laughs> You're welcome, Emily. Next, Cecilia P. Power in the priesthood. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There's so many P's in that statement, by the way. Oh, well, it's true. Two. Lisa G. Garments of the Holy Priesthood. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty good at this. <laughs> That's our three patrons. Thank ah, you, guys. Thank, thank you, you so much. We really appreciate all the patrons. And if you would like to become a patron, please visit patreon.com slash lesbian. We also just released our latest after show. Yeah, finally. That took a while. <laughs> but it's out yeah, now. We actually have to uh, film another one. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll mm-hmm, get there. Mm-hmm. Channels? Let's do it. Marco Polo channels. Now, here's the thing that I'm realizing. What are we realizing? So what I'm doing is I'm going through the channel's members list and announcing like the next set of members. Okay. And now I'm wondering if the list kind of mixes up sometimes. They're not always in the same order. So there might be some lucky people who were getting their name read twice. (laughs) If so. Don't you write them down though? Yeah. So theoretically, you could check it against a list. Like you could have a is, list. Okay, it's true. With just channel members. I will go through and see what I've written down. But for now, <laughs> one of these sounds very familiar, but whatever. Actually, all three, but we're doing it anyway. Okay. Ready? Uh huh. Kirsten M. Okay, is there a temple name? Marrow in the Bones. <laughs> <laughs> you know, bones have marrow anyway. That's true. It's nothing special. <laughs> it's really not. You're nothing special, Kirsten, marrow in the bones. <laughs> they all true. have marrow. Oh, don't, don't believe her. <laughs> Next, Apollo P. P for I think we said Apollo's name before. Maybe we just talked about it because it was a cool name. I don't know. So P, we can't do priesthood anymore. Posterity. Mm, posterity. Power in the priesthood be, be upon me and upon my posterity. So that kind of combines Cecilia, power in the priesthood, and Apollo with um, posterity. 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 Are Thank they related? You. Well, now they're married. <laughs> okay. That's funny. <laughs> Finally, Caitlin M. What's another M? Um, Can do marrow. The second token of the Melchizedek priesthood, Melchizedek. the patriarchal grip or sure sign of the nail. Melchizedek priesthood. Melchizedek priesthood. For the win. Way to go, Caitlin. <laughs> it's all fake, but way to go. <laughs> wow, that was like, you said fake, I think, twice in the last two minutes. It's just so, so I think fake. maybe we're up to six or seven. I don't okay. really know. Right. Is Three. anyone keeping track at home at how many <laughs> fake mentions there have been in this episode? Has anyone had six shots yet? <laughs> I feel bad for you. At Take it easy. Morning. <laughs> Take it easy. Okay, so if you would like to join us on Marco Polo channels, we mm-hmm. hope you do. We've got those ad-free podcasts up there. Also true, yep. Another good reason to join. Yep, you can get just... ad-free on Patreon and yep. on channels. We have both options. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you would like to check that out, please go to latterdaylesbian.org slash polo for more info and to sign up. There you go. All right. I, I think, think that's it. That is it. I think we're wrapping this one up. Special thanks to Dan from Extension Audio. Thanks for leaving it in, Dan. Thank you, Dan. And everybody else, please steer clear of stupid cults and don't do any baptisms for the dead. Mm-hmm. It's just ridiculous. Let's, let's all leave Hitler out of this, please. <laughs> Can we just fucking not try to save Hitler? Yeah. Just let him rot. I agree. So help me God, if he is there in the morning of the first resurrection with me, I'm going to be pissed. Are you going to be pissed? Mm -hmm. Well, that's no joke for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to get jelly pissed. No, no, no. All right. Talk to you later, everybody. Bye-bye.